Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. And we are back live on Chip Chat from HP Discover in Barcelona. It's December 11th, and I've got my next guest with me, Pat Budenbaum, Director of the Enterprise Segment at Intel. Hi, Allison. Pat, it's been a long time since we talked. Yes, indeed. It's good to be back, though. So, Enterprise Segment Marketing, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what that means from an Intel perspective? So, certainly, from a data center group perspective, we're actually focused on key uh, key segments. Enterprise being one of them, enterprise IT. In addition to the enterprise, we have teams that focus on the cloud service providers, another team that focuses on telco, another team that focuses on high performance computing. So our responsibility is the traditional enterprise IT and what are the server storage, networking, and software technologies and partnerships that we need to do to make enterprise IT successful. Huge focus on enterprise IT and and what's coming for enterprise IT at HP Discover. We heard about it in in Meg's speech yesterday, and it's all over the show floor. Um, When you look at what enterprise IT is doing in terms of modernization of their data centers and addressing um, their business challenges in terms of IT innovation, how would you encapsulate where their focus is and and what their uh, mindset is in terms of uh, technology innovation? Well, you know, uh, certainly just looking at overall economic conditions, I think that's a key driver, right? The role of the CIO and the CFO is so tightly intertwined. And the CIO is trying to understand how IT is evolving in these times, being not just a supporting function of the business, but in some cases becoming the business, becoming a key part of the business. Um, I love the example of BMW, right, and their IT organization, whereas in the past, their focus was just on serving their employees. But now as you get in connected cars, you think out ahead, they're gonna have a million connected cars on the road, all connected to a BMW cloud. Their entire IT organization has changed focus. They're now a cloud service provider in addition to running a traditional enterprise IT. What does that change in terms of the IT infrastructure requirements when you start thinking about every customer of BMWs in this case is connected into a BMW data center. What, what does it change in terms of the types of capabilities they need to offer? Well, certainly they have to deal with scale, right? Um, having a set employee base, you know what capabilities you need. Um, when you start reaching out to a broader set of customers um, or your customer base explicitly, the scale mechanism you have to have, the efficiency you have to have, Um, becomes one of the key drivers. And of course, you have to do all of this with sometimes flat budgets, right? How do you find the right uh, technologies to do this? And we're finding, of course, right, a lot of those legacy infrastructures just aren't able or prepared to handle this explosive growth, whether it's from uh, new services that you're providing, whether it's from uh, new data, new customers, uh, it's all just driving and putting tremendous strains on the IT infrastructure. So it sounds like Intel has an idea about where we need to go. Um, Intel folks have been talking about software-defined infrastructure for a while now. Yep. How do you apply that to the enterprise and this this pickle that they're in? Well, you know, there's probably, uh, certainly the, the cloud plays a big part of this. And I, I love what some of our partners have been, uh, how they classify this, right? The cloud offers IT the opportunity to transform, right? It's an IT transformation technology. Big data, 
which we'll probably get to later, is more of a business transformation. So if we just look at the IT infrastructure and what is the journey that they're going to have to take to get to the most efficient, robust infrastructure they can put in place, um, that's the journey on, the, on, on cloud. And this could be perhaps on-premise, it could be hosted, it could be as a service, and I think that's the role Intel is playing is trying to address wherever IT chooses to deploy, that they have the best technologies available. I know you talk to a lot of um, senior executives at, at enterprise uh, customers about where they are in terms of that uh, transformation. Yeah. Where do you think we are collectively? Are, are we at the beginning? Are we are we well along the journey? Um, or does it matter, depend on who you're talking to? It really depends who you talk to. And it depends on uh, the aggressiveness of the IT organization. It also depends on um, how is that IT organization viewed within the organization, right? In the case, if they're just viewed as a cost center, uh, that's one mentality, one approach, as opposed to are they viewed as an innovation driver to help the business transform. Uh, and so, you know, depending on the stages, uh, everyone's at a different point. Uh, it is a journey, certainly, and uh, the aggressive IT organizations are still just starting to evaluate some of these technologies. You mentioned software-defined infrastructure, right? Key elements of that is going to a software-defined storage model uh, or a software-defined networking model. Uh, a lot of high-level buzzwords, but they actually have true meaning and true value. Uh, and some of the organizations we're seeing are just starting to evaluate and deploying those types of technologies. So um, I'd say we're just in the beginning. You talked about big data and, you know, the example of BMW, what came to mind with one million cars is one million cars worth of data to collect, analyze, and influence in terms of decision making on how you're servicing your existing um, deployments out there, how you're developing the next generation of cars. I mean, the, the opportunity there seems enormous in just that one example. No question. How do you think enterprises are evolving their thinking about data analytics to address this kind of stuff? You know, that's an interesting question because, uh, again, there's no one set answer. It's going to vary by company. Uh, we've seen in some cases where the IT organization is probably the, the lead. Uh, I'll take Intel IT as an example. Right? We have a business intelligence organization, but we've also put in place an advanced analytics team that's focused on some of the emerging technologies like Hadoop to evaluate how can we bring uh, new capabilities to the business units uh, in terms of analytics. And so they have a five plus six equals 10 program. Five employees over a period of six months will generate $10 million in return to Intel. And they reach out to the business units, whether it's the channel marketing organization, whether it's the chip design organization, whether it's our manufacturing team. Uh, and they're the ones driving the, the conversation. Now, in other cases, we've seen the line of business be the instigator, right? The CMO of an organization will say, my competitor is doing this, how come we don't have that capability? And in some cases, they may do the uh, outsource to an Amazon service. In some cases, they'll reach to their IT organizations to evolve. So uh, I, I see this spanning the gambit of uh, who, who's leading the conversation. And when it comes to the, the players in terms of solution delivery, you know, I know that Hadoop has gotten a lot of attention. Some of the unstructured data analysis coming out of the, the web scale type players like a Google or a Facebook. But 
you know, enterprise likes to work with partners that, that they feel have the robustness of solution, not necessarily just pull open source code and, and deploy in an enterprise class setting. What is the playing field here and, and you know, what kind of unique solutions are coming to market that help with this journey? Well, um, you know, customers always remind us business intelligence is nothing new. Everyone's been doing this for decades, if you will. Uh, and so Hadoop coming onto the scene in the big data conversation is an interesting element of the overall business intelligence solution. Uh, and, and as you highlighted, right, certainly the incumbents in this area, the SAPs, the Oracles, the Microsofts, IBM, SASs, um, have very robust solutions today. Um, almost all of them are embracing in-memory technology as kind of the next generational leap in capabilities of what they're able to provide. SAP with HANA, Oracle 12C, IBM DB2 Blue, Microsoft with Hecaton, all of those are embracing the idea of running your um, database or analytic workload in the platform memory. Uh, it just so happens to align very nicely with our Xeon E7 platform, which has the highest memory capacity of any platform out there. Um, and as such, they have a position where they're delivering to their customers the ability to analyze large data sets, not in days, not in hours, but down to minutes and or seconds. So that's certainly one major trend that we see going on. Uh, but then of course the other is exactly as you described, Hadoop, right? You can't have a big data conversation without Hadoop coming into it. And all of these uh, partners are looking to leverage Hadoop as almost an ingestion mechanism into their infrastructure. Uh, we signed that agreement with SAP, right. if you recall, that uh, they'll take the Intel distribution for Hadoop um, and resell it as part of their overall SAP HANA solution. So what is the value, for those who haven't heard about the Intel distribution of Hadoop, what is the differentiator there that we think is specifically relevant to the enterprise? Um, you know, there's probably a few things. One is uh, we obviously have a very explicit knowledge of CPU, memory, I.O., disk technology, uh, and we're able to take advantage of that knowledge and forward-looking view of what we're going to be doing and incorporate it into uh, our distribution. Now, I'll, I'll note that all the improvements that we make to the Linux, uh, I'm sorry, the Hadoop kernel uh, work will obviously go right back into open source. We're not going to keep that as proprietary. Um, in addition, we're working on a lot of uh, capabilities to, we'll say, close the enterprise gap, right? Enterprise needs certain levels of security. They need certain levels of scalability. Uh, there's just some base capabilities that Hadoop needs to uh, be addressed before it becomes enterprise ready. And those are the things that we're also focused on. Let's look forward to 2014 for a second. You've, you've spelled out you know, a lot of trends from data analytics to modernization of IT with cloud services. And um, one of the questions that I have for you is if you were a data center manager looking at um, you know, the, the many things that you could focus on within your environment for 2014, what are the top three things that you would recommend um, that person thinking about um, in terms of places to put it focus for the next uh, generation of innovation? So uh, certainly having a, a comprehensive business intelligence strategy um, 
do you have the right infrastructure, analytic infrastructure in place, but then also what are all the new data ingestion tools and data sources you're going to be using, um, whether it's from the 50 billion plus devices that are going to be out there, whether it's the social media feeds, right? there's endless supply of data. So knowing what your overall strategy is would be very important. And not just having the infrastructure, but then also the organization structure in place to support it. We've all heard about data scientists and the role they play to help bridge that gap between infrastructure and business needs. So business intelligence clearly at the top. Um, as well, how do you get the most out of your infrastructure? Right? By some accounts, we're seeing you know, server utilization is still below 50% despite everything being virtualized. How can you raise that? Um, network provisioning takes weeks. How come it's not minutes? Um, storage capacity, right, just continues to grow through the roof. How do you become more efficient with your storage infrastructure? So all those fall under what we'll call you know, the, the uh, cloud discussion. And then making sure you have a strategy to understand it's not going to happen in one year, but what is your long-term strategy? What are the steps to get there? And then during the course of that, understanding what do you choose and need to keep on-premise? What do you use with a, a hosted partner? What outsourced services do you want to have? When you mentioned you know, all of the devices out there, there's been a lot of talk about Internet of Things. Yep. Um, and all sorts of different applications for Internet of Things. Where do you think the hype stops and the reality of Internet of Things starts in 2014? Um, I'd say there again, some industries are already embracing this kind of methodology, if you will. Right? Uh, we'll, we'll call them the sea of sensors, right? Uh, oil, gas pipelines obviously have sensors embedded into them today. Um, the question is, over time, how do those sensors evolve into something perhaps more intelligent? Um, and then once they gain intelligence, how do they communicate with each other such that you don't have to do all of the intelligent analytic within your data center, but perhaps out in the field or in remote areas and aggregate those decisions um, to just speed the time to decision. So I think that you, know, you bring up a good point. There is a lot of data collected through these sensor networks and all of these um, distributed devices, but a small portion of that may actually be applicable to the problem at hand. Sure. So is the model some sort of initial um, sorting of data at the remote site with maybe some of the the core analytics happening within a, a core data center, or is it you know all of the analytics happening at the edge? What what do you think is going to be the right solution moving forward? Um, yes, yes, being I, I think exactly the the characteristics you highlighted. It, it's going to vary. Um, you know, our team has been focused on uh, video analytics as one example. Right, our big data team has been looking at the role of big data analytics. Uh, video analytics, um, and there, you know, you're not going to have the bandwidth to stream high-def video feeds from the camera to a central data center, especially if you're monitoring a city. Unrealistic. So you're going to have to do some level of aggregation uh, at perhaps district level sites to do that first video analysis. You're probably going to want to keep it there for future reference, but only stream the most important, right, the, the, the filtered tags that you're looking for back to the city level data center. So right, the idea of doing distributed analytics and having 
uh, remote storage, I think is a very feasible model for something like video analytics. Once you get into the sensor networks and arrays like you were uh, talking about earlier, that could be a di very different model. So uh, I think it's going to depend heavily on the industry, the customer. On the use case. Exactly. It's all about the use cases. So video analytics, not a topic that's ever been brought up on Chip Chat. Can you talk about you know, what would be an application of video analytics and you know, where would we see the use of this? I mean, one of the thoughts that I had is traffic analysis or something like that. Yeah, certainly. Um, uh, I think we, we actually have a, a couple use case proof of concepts going on, one in China, one in London. Um, obviously both those uh, areas have some uh, significant number of traffic cameras in use. Um, one thing could be if your car got stolen, right, uh, as those cars go by, it can be on the lookout for your license plate and capture that. Um, or it could be, you know, that would be a proactive use. There also could be a reactive use. What happens if there's a, a bank robbery and there's a getaway car and it wasn't captured right away, but you know you have a description and then you can go do a, a, a retroactive analysis. Um, so that makes a case for you can't throw all that data away. Um, and so there could be different use cases there as well. I think in, in China, right, having the restriction on uh, number of cars on the road at any given point in time becomes yet another factor there. Yeah, after I saw the, the air in Shanghai last week, I think that's probably a good idea. Yeah, they're uh, working on it. Um, any other examples of where you, you think analytics will change an industry? And you've seen some early examples of, of where you think that either retail or entertainment or, you know, something interesting around how not only is IT changing, but the underlying business is changing and IT is part of that strategic inflection. Um, there are probably two come to mind. Uh, I'll use retail. You, you teed that up, but I think that's spot on. When you think about, you know, right now, retail's analysis um, for some companies is just based on transactions, right? A customer makes a purchase and that goes into a database and voila, done. But you start incorporating things like uh, video analytics within the store, um, whether that's to help improve shoplifting or to watch the traffic patterns within the store. Where do people walk? Where do they spend time? Do they spend time in front of one display versus another? Um, you can use those to help define a better store experience and also to understand what are the opportunities that you have um, around stocking levels. Right? You can do real-time analysis of are you running low on a certain inventory piece and maybe you want to shift pricing to uh, a complementary product. Um, so there's all kinds of things you could be doing to customize and personalize the shopping experience for a customer. Um, that's the retail example. Another example which um, perhaps gets away from the traditional analytics, but it's something I talked about in innovation theater was around uh, the evolving role of genomics. And you know, one can say is that a big data problem? Is it an HPC problem? I'd say yes, it's both, right? But the opportunities around genomics to bring down the time to do personalized genomics in terms of a compute capacity, in terms of the correlation data needed, uh, in terms of the network storage capacity, all are things that we're focused on, all in the spirit of bringing personalized medicine to you. Um, why isn't that every person here has their genome sequenced such that we can do better diagnosis of medical problems you might have to your, your personal genome? You're describing some vast changes in terms of the way we deliver products to the, you know, to the market, the way we manage healthcare, et cetera. 
what is Intel's unique role in bringing this new future uh, to reality? You know, vast majority of these are compute problems. Um, the analytics is basically how do you process through and find the needle in the haystack. This is finding that needle in the haystack, and I think we're uniquely positioned with our portfolio across server, storage, network, software technologies uh, to help put together a complete solution that our partners can bring to market then. It seems like when you say compute, you're not just saying, how do you analyze the data? Also, how do you um, insert intelligence into packet processing? How do you insert intelligence into how data is moved and stored? The, the compute challenge seems to be growing greater. Yeah, well said, well said. Uh, it, it's across the spectrum, whether it's within the device, whether it's within the transport mechanism, whether it's within the, the raw analytic of the data sets, right? Um, everything is being driven by the, the need for compute. And that's one area I think Intel's pretty good at. I think you've provided a great argument of a, that it is a great time to work in data centers right now. I'm certainly thrilled to be here. Hope you are too, yeah? Yeah, for, for sure. Um, and glad to be at HP Discover. Seems like this is an event that has a lot of innovation that's being highlighted. I'm so glad that you took some time out of your schedule to share this with our audience. Um, we'd love to have you back soon, Pat. Yeah, happy to. Thank you, Allison. And with that, I'm, I'd like to wrap this episode. We will be back uh, with our next guest in about 10 minutes.